0: to the Security Squad Podcast, where we discuss the business of cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts,
1: Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan.
0: There they are. What's up, guys?
2: Good afternoon.
1: What's up, y'all?
0: Welcome to another episode where we discuss... The business of cybersecurity. We got a bunch of topics on tap today, guys. Uh, we got some interesting statistics around ransomware that we're going to discuss today as uh, ransomware attacks have resurged and businesses are, are dealing with the repercussions of that. Uh, we're going to update you guys on the NCR Aloha. Uh, restaurant, industry, POS system, uh, ransomware attack uh, that's going underway. There's been an update uh, released today. And we're going to touch on that and kind of explain where things are at and, and kind of comment about the recovery process that they are going through. Um, we also have quite a few other ransomware attacks or vectors for ransomware attacks to discuss. One around uh, SQL servers uh, that you're going to want to stay tuned and hear about. Um, And, you know, making sure that you dispose of your assets properly. It's uh, been in the news lately that corporate uh, information is being found on discarded equipment. And we're going to kind of talk about that as it relates to equipment. And I think, you know, that kind of topic applies to not only businesses, but, but individuals as well. Like, make sure you're Doing things the right way before you throw them out. Um, And then we got two technical things at the end we're going to jump into to kind of educate you about a little bit uh, around some uh, uh, malware um, that creates uh, a lot of uh, noise on your network and on the Internet. And then a new uh, aviation targeted in the uh, malware, uh, aviation industry targeted malware uh, to, to... update everyone on towards the end of the show guys before we do what's the fee
2: Three ninety 99 there is no fee all we ask is that you like you share on whatever platform um all of us are are sharing it now on our personal pages so um and please um if you have a a business owner or your boss that you you, you get good nuggets from this um podcast please share with them and, and let them know about
0: us yep and uh remember if we anything that we do to enlighten you please help us out share the show uh that's how we grow the show and that's how other people find out about this information that we're gonna talk about today so first one we're gonna bring up on the screen here guys black kite research ransomware attacks is a yahoo finance article ransomware attacks resurge with victims doubling in 2023 and i think uh this isn't something that anybody should really be uh surprised about i would say we've been talking about a lot of ransomware attacks lately in the news uh and this is just kind of research done that kind of says hey what's happening here in early 2023 and unfortunately year over year um you know it's up and it's up a lot so um you know the 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 findings reveal a major ransomware resurgence in 2023 with the number of victims in March nearly double that of last April and 1.6 times higher than the peak month in 2022 so this month has already beaten out any month um that you know of ransomware attacks in 2022 uh, so we're not trending in the right direction here. And I and, uh, you know, I want to kind of talk about that for a little bit, guys, because you know we do see, you know, in your mind, I guess I'll ask this question. Is this the, is this the cat and mouse game that we talk about all the time? Is there something more at play here that um, these attacks are are going up here in twenty twenty three?
1: I mean, I had a history professor tell me back in the day, always follow the money. And it's the cat and mouse game because it's where the money is. Um, So it's not like they're just sitting over there, you know, thinking, oh, hey, what can we do with our time? You know, let's hack. Um, They're over there looking and seeing, well, where's the money? Um, Where's the money to go after it? You know, eighty. I think it's 80% of all the ransomware attacks are in uh, North America because there's a lot of money here, um, and that's just the bottom line. They're just they're following they're following the money. So we'll have this ongoing cat and mouse game. They'll get shut down potentially at some point, but they'll find another way to get the money, and then that'll be the the new in the game of chess is really what it's more like.
2: Yeah, and I agree with this uh, research that we're talking about because for this whole you know since January there has not been um, any lack of articles, any lack of information that we can give you guys. Um, we, we Our podcast is about 45 minutes and we can talk hours and all hours. So easy to find different um, compromises that's happening out there.
0: Yeah. And so no surprise manufacturing leads the list with uh, the top targeted industries at almost 20% of all ransomware attacks affect manufacturing and then we go into uh, professional services has actually jumped up um, actually ahead of education uh, in, in, in this quarter's survey uh, up to 15.3%. A little interesting there that that sector has now jumped up in uh, the number of ransomware attacks that are out there.
1: I mean, I, I'd still it just, where, where, where can they get the, mo- the most money in the least amount of time is really what's gonna happen. So I thought it was interesting. Um I thought it was interesting how they're targeting. Do we lose Brian? <laughs> yep, so keep on going, go ahead. Okay, good. Hey let's let's take the show in our own direction now, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're in charge now. Um we'll no, Ransomware groups tend to target companies with annual revenues of 50 to 60 million. I wonder why that is their sweet spot. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, uh, if you're doing that type of revenue, you definitely have cyber insurance. You um, definitely have uh, the means to pay. And I think the bigger you are the in anything, right? The bigger you are, the bigger your target is. So Um, We always talk about it just takes that one click, that one time for that employee to do something that um, that they shouldn't have done to now affect the entire company. So I think that's uh, it's better just to go after one of these bigger companies. It's going to be more publicity, more bad publicity. And um, these companies just need the problem to go away and they have the means to pay it.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, targeting in the bigger companies. Right. Because they're going to pay um almost half of those companies are in the US. 43% of the victims are are US-based organizations followed by the UK at 5.7%. That's a hell of a drop off. Right? So the next biggest country is at 5.7%. They're not even 10% of the attacks. So if this is a warning for US businesses, uh, you know, obviously the warning signs have been there for years, but you know, you're highly targeted. I mean, you know they're coming after U.S. businesses for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and those groups are Lockbit. They had 29% of the ransomware attacks out there uh, in this time period. And then Black Cat and Black Basta, all ones that we cover on this show all the time. Yep. And this is the other interesting one that I that I found. Uh, more than 70% of ransomware victims had a ransomware s- 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 I don't even want to say
1: that word. Susceptibility. Right
0: susceptibility. Thank you, Randy index. I have a tongue tied there. Cool
1: kids just say RSI and it's yeah. trademark. So be careful. Nice
0: <laughs> value above the critical threshold of 0. 0.4, indicating that uh, they're susceptible to ransomware attacks An RSI score generated by black kite indicates an organization's uh, nice. susceptibility to ransomware attacks. So obviously, we're, we're reading a little bit of a, a commercial in this report, so okay. <clears throat> take it, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, I've never heard of this RSI before, um, but, you know, basically anybody can give you a score, right? I don't know how they're doing it from an external standpoint. Um, and if you're not getting an internal analysis done, I wouldn't put too much stock into a score uh, from the outside. Um, and if your score sucks from the outside, it's probably really bad from the inside. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, and then we're going to something that we've talked about on this show a lot. And I've, I've mentioned encryption uh, ransomware is on the rise, underscoring the importance of data protection and regulatory compliance. In addition to addressing business interruption risks posed by traditional encryption based attacks. So, uh, again, these encryptionless malware or encryptionless ransomware is basically they corrupt the data, they delete it. Um, and if you don't have backups, you're paying them to get it back, assuming that they took a copy before they corrupted it. So interesting statistics there, guys, anything, uh, else you want to kind of talk about or highlight from that? Um, I don't, you know, I'm not surprised, but I'm also, uh, you know, it's interesting how things have shifted since the last quarter where we did see a lot of articles written about things uh, going down. Uh, and we, we talked about that on the show. Uh, we talked about, you know, this whole um, underground effort by our government to help out companies um, unbeknownst to the public. A lot of ransomware payments were not paid. Uh, and, and our FBI and our, and our government help companies actually recover from these ransomware attacks, especially uh, universities. Um, I think we saw that one number it was like 300 million that you know they basically avoided paying because of this effort by our government. Um, so some of the numbers were skewed in that quarter, um, and I'm not seeing the same stuff this quarter. Um, and it almost seems like uh, ever since they came out, the DOJ came out and announced certain things. They've really ratcheted up their efforts. Um, so what are your thoughts for the future? What do you, What are you thinking here uh, for the next quarter in 2023? What are we going to see? Are we going to see things drop off dramatically? Or do you guys think that we're just going to see it continue at, at this pace?
2: Continue, man. We're not doing businesses, unfortunately, for the most part, are not – doing anything different.
1: Yeah. And think about it this way, Brian, right now, the, the onus is on the bad guys to scale their business because there's so much opportunity. And so, so they're either going to keep the same or it's going to get worse because there's just so many opportunities out there. We have an article later on. I don't know if we'll get to it uh, because of time, but just talking about some vulnerabilities out there. It's insane. So yeah, I would agree with with Andre. Stay the same at the very minimum. And if they figure out how to scale better, it's gonna, we're gonna see it go way up.
2: And the hackers yeah. are using uh, GPT for the phishing emails now. No more, you know, no more uh, typos and misspellings now. It's it's creative emails <laughs> to get people to click on stuff.
1: We, you know, we sometimes I've heard people say that those are on purpose. Um, because then they weed out people who are paying attention to detail Uh. um, and weed out people who, you know, anyway, I've heard that those are on purpose, so we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these three ransomware groups that were listed are pretty, are pretty well oiled machines at this point. Um, unless they get disrupted from a, uh, you know, from a legal standpoint, uh, you know, look out like these guys are ready to rock and roll and they can deploy ransomware quickly. Um, So hope everyone's prepared and I hope they know what to do because NCR shorted and NCR is um, providing an update. Now we're going to talk about that as they are, you know, recovering from their ransomware attack. Uh, As I mentioned at the top of the show, NCR is an Atlanta based, a uh, technology company that provides POS-like or type applications uh, for the restaurant industry, uh, very famous for their Aloha applications. And they uh, release a statement that says, the team continues our 24 by 7 efforts to execute on our recovery plan to reestablish secure access to impacted Aloha applications. Please know we have heard your feedback and developed this plan based on the priority items we believe will help you get back to business as usual, as soon as possible, the company told customers. Um, And it goes on to say that restaurant operators continued to deal with the NCR cyber ransomware incident that impacted the company's Aloha cloud-based point of sale and counterpoint functions, among others. A wide variety of restaurant brands were impacted in scheduling, online ordering, and other technology operations. Um, So what are you guys thinking here? I mean, we're roughly two weeks into this, and the very expensive words are, we are working around the clock to reestablish secure access to the impacted systems um, this reminds me a lot of when, um, that payroll company got hit and they were down for like three months. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because these NCR customers really just don't have any clue what's ahead of them and and what they need to do in their business. Um, you know, I did a, I did a YouTube video on my YouTube channel about this and somebody decided to like hunt us down and and message us on Facebook saying that we're, uh, we're fear mongering and that like, I thought about the video for a second and I'm like, I didn't, we didn't do anything like fear mongering that video. We just gave people like information about like what a restaurant could potentially be going through right now because they don't have this system. Um, And funny enough. And then, you know, like a day later, somebody commented, who works in the restaurant industry and was like, Hey, you're exactly right. This is all the stuff we have to do. We have to do everything on paper. We're not doing any, we're, you know, we're, we're not able to function like we normally do. It's been awful. And, and you're talking, you know, a, probably a weekend at that point that they wrote that comment. Um, so lest anyone think that we do this show to kind of scare people and a fear monger um, definitely not the case at all. Like if anything, we, we don't, emphasize enough how bad this problem is. Um, You know, think about this one incident and multiply that by 20 times. And that's the reality of what's going on out there in the world. It's just that you don't hear about it. Uh, We know about it because we talk to other it people, other law enforcement people who are involved in these things and it doesn't make the media. Um, And I've learned that the media is very, very controlled by very various different entities. Um, if something, you know, doesn't, if somebody doesn't want something to get out and they have the ability to prevent that from getting out or have it written in a way that helps them, it's probably going to happen that way. And I've seen it with ransomware attacks, um, especially against like, you know, police departments and municipal governments on how controlled those, uh, news releases are. Usually it's, you know, not in like. My, I live in the Philadelphia area, you're not going to see it in the Philadelphia inquiry. You're going to see it in some like, you know, local, you know, County or, or local newspaper like written in, you gotta, you know, you gotta really dig deep for it to find it on the internet. Um, that's kind of where I'm seeing things at with this stuff, guys. And, you know, I don't know. Do you see this as fear mongering talking about this stuff and like, you know, putting, putting a true reality on this, uh kind of thing when restaurants are probably struggling to you know do things and and yes. even make money you said us a screenshot didn't you after we talked about it you walked in somewhere and said we were down right
1: i did well you know to answer your question real quick i it's only fear-mongering if you are sticking your head in the sand trying to ignore what's going on and i know that it it seems like fear-mongering but then you know like the the roofer talking about your roof leaking and causing rot well that could seem like fear mongering if you don't know what's going on with your roof so so yeah it could it could seem fear mongering to somebody but if you know what's going on we're not we're not fear mongering we're we're basically Mm -hmm. telling the truth here We're, we're making people aware so they don't get in the situation and yes we took our uh, unofficial adopted grandkids out to eat on Tuesday night um, or Thursday night of last I think it was uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, well, it was Tuesday night. They- yeah, it was. And went went out to the burger place and tried to log into my points and it said could not connect, you know, to the back end or whatever it was. Like right. it was down. So they were able, like we so we reported that last week that they were still able to do like basic POS functions, like check people out. Um, but that was basically it. And that's what we basically, that's what we basically saw. I would add one more quick point, um, is, you know, we looked at Benny Keith, um, which is a food distribution company that had a ransomware. They were, they were down for like a month and they lost a crap ton of business to, uh, To Cisco, which is also a uh, not not CISCO, but S-Y-S-C-O, also a food distribution because Benny Keith couldn't deliver. So in in Texas, a crap ton is just it means a lot of business. Um, But so bottom line is that's that could really happen if you got ransomware that you could end up losing business. Like I'm sure the people at uh, NCR are losing business over it. I bet you the Toast salesmen are and salespeople are having a uh, field day right now.
0: No,
2: 100%. Andre? It's not fair, morning We're just telling the news. And just unfortunately, the news right now is bad. We don't have any good news to report. <laughs> so we're just telling all the bad stuff that's happening right now in, in our world.
0: Yeah, because, you know, um, you know, NCR still dealing with that. there's a will update and, and provide, you know, small updates here and there as, as they work through their issues. But remember, like I said, um, you know, there was that payroll and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me right now, who they were down for three months and nobody thought in a million years that they would be down for that long. And, um, you have point thirty two uh, health confirms service disruption due to ransomware, uh, And this happened, this article was published on uh, the 19th of April, but a ransomware uh, attack interrupted access to services provided by one of New England's largest healthcare insurers, uh, though the scope of the affected customer and data remains unknown. Uh, It goes on to say in a statement posted on its website, the organization disclosed that it suffered a ransomware attack on Monday that affected systems used for member services, accounts, brokers and providers as a result of the ransomware incident point 32 health forced its systems offline contacted law enforcement and initiated an ongoing investigation while many questions remain and no ransomware group has claimed responsibility the attack disrupted access to healthcare services for a potentially large scope of customers and may have compromised highly sensitive data at point 32 health stores. Um, I'm not even going to read the rest because it's all lawyer speak. Uh, sounds a lot like that. Um, sounds a lot like that attack we talked about over in uh, Australia, guys. Um, oh, um, this is gonna, What's that? Was it like a, cent, a, a, a Accenture or something? No, no. I, yeah, I don't know what the name of it, but it was a it was a healthcare breach. It was big. Um, and it took a few weeks to kind of evolve, but I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But I can find it while we're talking. Um. Uh. So what are you guys thinking here? Not good, right? Nope. Um. The. Uh, I mean, we're going to be talking about potentially two million customers that where their health information was possibly disclosed uh, to cyber criminals. And not only that, this is insurance. I would assume that these healthcare facilities that use this are having trouble billing insurance right now, probably making it really difficult to provide uh, and run their business and provide care.
1: So something that's really changed in the last few years because of the pandemic, a lot of nonprofits, like like this company, is a non um, a nonprofit. A lot of nonprofits started working from home just like everybody else, you know, when they had to. Um, and then a lot of them are just not going back to brick and mortar. And what we've seen, we we've um, we've signed on a couple of new uh, nonprofits in like the last month. And, and we've seen like they're experiencing fear that's an anxiety and or anxiety that's keeping them up at night because of things like this happening and then not being in control of their data, knowing that it was a, you know, a giant crap show when they went home and started working from home and they've just been super busy and have not really come back around. And really shored, shored things up and got it gotten things secure again, so we we've sensed a lot of anxiety, um, almost overwhelming in the nonprofit profit sector about this kind of stuff. So um, this is really crazy that that it happened to this particular nonprofit.
0: Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> some i mean it's, it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes up this is a pretty big organization up there now that i'm kind of looking into this a little bit deep deeper and seeing who they are and um it'll be interesting to see how they get themselves out of this one and who helps um you know but this is a this is a big one this and by the way it's metabank uh over in australia they were a, a health insurer this isn't a health insurer this is a health care provider but they they still pretty much has the same information. Um, so it's going to be along the same lines of, of that, in my opinion, um, not going to be pretty. So, Oh, nice. All right, guys. So we got uh, SQL servers, favorite targets of our friends. Uh, <clears throat> in the cyber criminal world, um, this article on bleeping computer SQL servers, Hack to deploy Trigona ransomware. And uh, the article goes in to state that attackers are hacking into poorly secured and internet exposed uh, Microsoft SQL servers to deploy Trigona ransomware payloads and encrypt all files. Mm -hmm. The MS SQL servers are being breached via brute force or dictionary attacks that take advantage of easy to guess account credentials. Uh, after connecting to a server, the threat actor uh, deploys malware dubbed CLR Shell by security researchers from South Korean cybersecurity firm uh, On Labs, who spotted the attack. Uh, the malware is used for harvesting system information, altering the compromised account's configuration, and escalating privileges to local system by exploiting a vulnerability in the Windows secondary logon service. Uh, so essentially. Uh, they are able to take your exposed Microsoft SQL server, uh, which is exposed to the internet, which you got to question why that's happening in the first place. Uh, and then it's more than likely an outdated one. This article doesn't really go into the details, probably for good reason. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm sure if we did a showdown search, we would find a ton of Microsoft SQL servers exposed to the internet that haven't been updated probably, you know, you know, different years, 2014, you know, I, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of them out there. And if you have that exposed to the internet, I say, best of luck to you. So, uh, thoughts here guys on, on this stuff and, you know, how can, how do companies even know that they have this stuff out there? (laughs) Let's start there.
2: Well, it goes back to, this could be definitely if you have a legacy um, application that has been um, that you guys have been using for a while. Uh, importance of doing inventory on your computers, inventory on the software that you're using and speaking with your IT director. Um, that usually can be a red flag because once you get that list, you can then say, okay, well, is this product still being updated? Is, is it still supported? What version is this? And then from there, you can see what's in the life it's and i'm
1: I'm over here shaking my head brian about to break my neck when you were reading that because it shouldn't be exposed to the internet i mean you you literally ought to have so firewall all ports in and out closed that you're not needing to do business and you have all these these sql servers that are exposed to the internet they shouldn't be
0: so uh So I agree. Right. But here's 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 a I'm going to give people a story of what actually happens out there in the world. So um, in January of this year, we uh, we let a client go uh, and their new IT company who took over. um, And the only reason we know this is because we monitor our clients' IPs that they have assigned to them from the outside just to make sure that nothing like this is exposed. Um and after they took over and put in their the new company put in their firewall, um the service that we use that we hadn't turned off yet because we were still offboarding them um that monitors their IP told us that you know what ports they had open on that firewall. One of them was one zero four three three that they were using for vpn purposes uh but in that time when they set this up they apparently also um left port one four three one four four three open. i believe that was and it was showing us that sql server was running on that port Mm -hmm. Um, And we could actually see the name of their SQL server from the outside when we when we ran this scan Um, and we had to reach out to them and tell them that, you know, that they just did this. And even though it wasn't our client anymore, we we notified them that this port was open on this firewall and it probably shouldn't be. Um, And they did close it like two or three days later. Mm -hmm. But this is the kind of stuff that happens like they just you know they somebody there some technician was configuring that firewall and didn't realize that he just created a rule that opened up traffic to their sql server from the outside Mm -hmm. um unfettered and that's you know that's the kind of stuff that happens now more than likely it's probably because somebody set something up and they just left it exposed and they didn't know the dangers, but it can also happen the way that I just laid it out for you where, you know, somebody comes along, uh, they think they're configuring something and they, and they leave something exposed that they're just, you know, they're just unaware that they did it or what they did left something Mm -hmm. exposed to that level. Um, that's real life. That's what happens out there. Humans make mistakes and, and that's it.
1: And they do. And the reason I keep shaking my head so much, though, Brian, is there's so much so many different versions of security software out there. And this is one of their functions that they provide is to tell you all your IP addresses, whether that's remote workers, your office, wherever, and just tell you what ports are open. And mm, so I know I know human error can can play a part in this. I'm also just not knowing better. Can play mm-hmm. a part in it, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, yeesh, still scary.
0: Sure is. Yep, absolutely. But th- that's what happens. Like you would, like people are like, how stupid can you be to put that out there like that or expose that? Well, sometimes you're not being stupid. Sometimes you're just, you, know, you want to call it careless. You're being careless, or you're you're just ignorant to the fact that what you're doing is going to potentially create a, a massive problem one day. So. I lost the uh I lost our sheet guys. <laughs> it's off my computer.
1: One of us could probably read the next one. Yeah, pop it up. I'm going to pop it up cuz I
0: just pulled it back up. But I apologize. I didn't have it up. So, good, Randy. Decoy uh, dog read about. Decoy dog. Or no, we got to reset your uh hardware. My bad.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I think um Go back uh, I to that definitely one. read it Andre found uh, this uh, particular article um, this was
0: good I read this uh, earlier
1: this week um, you, wanna, you want me to read it Andre you want to read it
0: yeah I will go for it um so
2: we're always talking about resetting you know taking out the hard drives off of your computer if you have a phone make sure you reset it but a lot of times we don't mention the hardware um, you have switches um, routers etc access points and uh, many times people just replace them and just toss the old ones. So in this case, um, apparently they did some type of, um, I don't want to say a study, but just a test by purchasing used uh, routers, which is what helps you connect to the, um, to the internet. And in this case, they were looking at enterprise um, equipment, but nevertheless, it's a great sample um, to see that when they, looked at the con- when they looked at if they can access these routers, they saw that they were able to not only access the routers, but they saw a lot of the configuration files, um, what they call token keys, um, settings, and things like that that can be very, very harmful because this information can go back to uh, compromising your network. So that was the gist of it of how um, basically don't just toss it out, but make sure that you just spend a few more minutes in resetting the equipment, um, factory resetting it, wiping it, and um, and then and then tossing
0: it. So. Wow. This will probably be, I don't know, this might be the last topic we hit today because there's a lot here to unpack. But in in the article, they basically state that they bought 16 devices and only five of them were properly wiped. So that means if I do math correctly, 11 out of the 16 were not properly wiped. So they had data on them and only two of them had actually been hardened enough, which I'm surprised it was two. Out of 16, quite frankly, uh, making some of the data more difficult to access. Uh, But for most of them, though, it was possible to access the complete configuration data, which is a trove of details about the owner, how they set up their network, and the connections between other systems. So let's talk about what could somebody actually, if they got their hands on these devices, let's talk about... What they could actually do with this, with these devices, and what information they can pull out of them. So you guys, God, you guys start. Just throw, just throw
1: some things out there. Um. So, well, so there, the, anything like, um, you could look in there. You could probably see your local domain name. Depending on the router and depending on if they have virtual networks or network segmentation, so, so network
0: information. So if if I can find network information, how does that help me as an attacker?
1: Because let's say you're ABC Building Supply, which if you're ABC Building Supply, that's just a random example. But if you're ABC Building Supply and your in-house local domain on this thing is ABC Building Supply dot local, let's say, well, I just figured out who your domain your domain was. You can do the search right now on Shodan for exposed exchange servers mm-hmm. and you can just look at that information. It shows their local domain and then you can figure out what their .com is 9 times out of 10 from that local domain. And, and so that the same thing could happen here. They could figure out where where you were coming from and with with that information you're going to have certain ports open most likely and then they'll know, oh, wow, ABC Supply Company has port 53. I know 53 is like DNS, but let's just pretend. ABC uh, Building Supply has port 53 open on this router. It means they probably do in real life. So, boom, they've just figured out that that a specific business has a specific port open up, go, coming back in, you know, time to go to town. That's one area right there, one way.
2: Then you got yeah. the VPNs. Um, if they can get access to your VPN credentials, they can now get access to your, your network very easily.
0: That's right. Uh, Or, or your, your, or your off tokens, depending on how you have your VPN set up. Plus having the ability to gain uh, the access or the edge to knowing a, the topology of a corporate network is a huge leg up for, for a cyber criminal where he just doesn't have to spend the time to figure that out. He has it as at his fingertips, basically. Um, So the other interesting thing that comes out of this article, guys, is based on the details uncovered in the router, several of them have been in environments of managed IT providers who operate the networks of large companies. One device even belonged to a managed security services provider that handled networks for hundreds of clients in various sectors, education, finance, healthcare, and manufacturing. Following their findings, the researchers highlight the importance of properly wiping network devices before getting rid of them. Companies should have procedures in place for the secure destruction and disposal of their digital equipment.
1: Wow. So um, one another thing that could be in there could be just your list of devices, which at the very minimum is going to have MAC addresses, could have device names.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I right. mean... Right. Going back to what we were talking about before, like what can they get out of it? Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's what I meant by network topology. And right.
1: I would say on the flip side of this, if you buy something used and you're not a hacker, <laughs> if you buy something used, you probably got to wipe it before you use it. Um, just in case the reverse is happening. Like, Oh, I went and bought a, you know, I went and bought a laptop at Best Buy and infected it with malware Wiped it and send it back, but it's malware that's in the BIOS and now, you know, whatever. I think that you ought to wipe something if you bought it, if you bought it used before you try to use it again.
0: So just going back to this whole, you know, you know, they say several of them, which, you know, it could be three, it could be five, it could be half of them. Who knows? Came out of managed service providers. I mean, if that doesn't make people's hair stand up, I don't know what should. And What I take from that is two things. You know, I call out managed service providers all the time because we go in and we do assessments and we find stuff worse than this a lot of times, but you know, you got to understand folks that managed service providers are not regulated. How they dispose of equipment. Nobody gives a shit. Like they it's up to them to do the right thing. They got to have the core values and the ethics in their business to do this stuff the right way, otherwise they're selling it on eBay and putting it in the hands of reporters like this. Um, not only do you have a managed IT provider, but you also have a managed security provider. I don't, I, mean, I don't even know what that means. Like in terms of like, are they really a security provider, or are they just an MSP who was big enough where they could slap a, another S in there and call themselves a security provider too? That happens, um, but. MSPs need to step up their game around this stuff. This is ridiculous that we're out here, you know, promoting better cybersecurity practices. And in our own industry, we got knuckleheads basically selling their equipment unwiped on eBay um, to reporters. And then on the flip side, businesses... You got to have a third party coming in and checking your current IT, whether it's internal or MSP, and make sure that they're not doing stuff like this in your business, like not selling equipment or just throwing it in the dumpster without two thoughts of how to properly destroy that equipment. Um, That's what I take away from this. You really need to look at uh, your managed security provider, your managed service provider, and you you have to have somebody coming in and verifying that. What you think is happening with your stuff from a from a destruction standpoint, from a backup standpoint, from a security standpoint is actually happening because we see it too many times where, you know, stuff like this gets out and it's just because people have bad you know, procedures around how to destroy equipment. But we see it all the time in our industry. Right, guys, like it's no secret that a lot of MSPs are, are not very well run businesses. Would you agree with me on that? Or or would you disagree? <laughs> no, agree. A lot of them just became they were computer repair guys and
2: and then they just said, Hey, I'm gonna do cybersecurity and don't even know what it means.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna do cybersecurity and I can barely, you know, make a profit in my business, but you're gonna make me in charge of your business of security. You know, that's you know, and, that's the reality.
1: Yeah, and to throw in a point there. Um one of the nonprofits we were talking with, we made the point: we may be at a higher price point than someone else, but if someone else is coming in at a lower price point, they're they're dropping something, and you need to find out what they're dropping, and you need to be sure that you per, you pay your provider enough to to bring the full cybersecurity stack, and then also have the labor to be able to deal with you know all of the notifications and making sure that you're Your ship's heading the right direction.
0: Yeah, that's a great. I mean, what you said there was on point, right? It's great advice. But how do you know? Because a a lot of it sounds like jumble garb. Everybody sounds the same. And quite frankly, you know, a lot of times when we're talking to clients, they have a really hard time of differentiating. You know how. Well, it sounds like you're all delivering the same services, but you're, you know, maybe we're more expensive by, you know, 20, 30, 50% than somebody else, but it looks like they're giving me the same stuff. Right. Uh, The reason I point this out is, is because I could give you a punch list and Randy could give you a punch list of stuff that both of our companies do. Right. And it, it could look a lot the same, um, or it could look exactly the same, right. So you're either going to find out by doing a lot of homework and and asking a lot of questions and investigating like maybe like how certain things are going to be done, how you're going to respond to an incident. You'll start to understand that maybe there are some differences, but at the end of the day, most companies aren't going to find out the differences until they actually hire the company and work with them and realize that that company is not doing the things that they advertised. Right. Because that's what I see a lot. You'll get an MSP that'll list all of these things that they say they're going to do for you for, you know, one hundred dollars a user a month. But then when the rubber meets the road, they're really not delivering on 70 percent of those things. Um, you know, they're answering the phone when you call. They're doing the help desk stuff, but they're not doing the stuff underneath the surface that you don't see that costs money. Right, and you only figure that out when something bad happens, and then you're like, "How well? How did this happen?" I thought you were protecting us, and then you find out, like, "No, they weren't." You guys agree with that, right? You know, you guys see the same thing in your markets where that happens, right?
2: Yep, all the time,
0: unfortunately.
1: Yep, yep. It, is, it is it is tough to tell. Um, I mean, we we could provide anybody at this in on this podcast could provide a list of minimum things that ought to be happening for whoever it is. That's going to provide you something. And, you know, I
0: mean, I tell people all the time, we're happy to come in and just give you a quick assessment without even having a discussion about you changing it.
1: Right. and and
0: It's that simple, right?
1: Because that's, that's, and that's great. That's a great mentality as well, because, you know, there is a certain thing, in the world, um, you know what comes around goes around, and you know by helping to educate somebody, even if you're not looking to get something out of it, that still benefits both uh, both parties involved. Sure. Um, so that's a really good, really good philosophy there. Um, I was going to say you can't you can't assume just because they have cybersecurity in their name, or even if they just You know, they gave a talk on cybersecurity at your local blah, blah, blah club. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. So
0: this is true, my friend. This is very true. So that's why we have this podcast, because we sit straight and we know what we're talking about on this podcast. Well, so
1: so the reality, um, if if someone had been watching this podcast every week for the last two two years, they would have learned so much. Yeah. If an IT, a chuck in a truck who's just repairing laptop screens had been watching over the last 2 years,
0: they could intelligently talk about cybersecurity. They could.
1: Yeah. Um right. and they could probably be um in a better position than most of their peers because there's a lot of great stuff that we talk about.
0: Yeah. All right guys, I appreciate it. That's cuz we uh we're on the cutting edge of this stuff or you know, we're always out there researching and and working with our peers to provide best-in-class services for our clients, and then in turn, we take that experience and we share stories like we did with you today um, and educate you more on you know what's going on out there. So remember, share our show, uh, rate us wherever you listen to us, and, and again, if you're seeing us on social media, just hit that share button, hit that like button, and you can always drop us a comment. We'll get the notification and 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 reply to you, even if we're we're not currently live. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Take care.
2: All right.